You're listening to the Arcadis podcast series on advances in remediation. Today, we are speaking with Caitlin Bell and Monica Heinz about 1,4-Dioxane, what it is and how we can treat it. Could you both start by introducing yourself? Hi, my name is Caitlin Bell. Uh, I've been with Arcadis since 2007, and I currently sit out in our Seattle, Washington office. I'm our one for doxane lead for North America, and I'm excited to be here today. I'm Monica Heinz. I've been with Arcadis since 2011, and I'm in Colorado, and I work a lot with one for dioxane and also just generally work at the nexus of groundwater hydrology, geochemistry, and microbiology to understand, manage, and mitigate environmental impacts. Thank you for joining us today. Let's get into our discussion about your article on 1,4-Dioxane. Tell us a little bit about 1,4-Dioxane. Well, 1,4-Dioxane is a chemical that has historically been used as a stabilizer in chlorinated solvents, particularly 1,1,1-trichloroethane, and it's also a byproduct in many manufacturing processes, and it's present in a variety of personal care products. So although 1,4-Dioxane is not a new chemical, it is considered an emerging contaminant. That's because it's getting increased scrutiny and regulatory action based on both its prevalence in water supply systems across the U.S. and because we're learning more about the potential adverse health effects of 1,4-Dioxane. So although 1,4-Dioxane is present in groundwater across the country, in a lot of places where it's also being used as drinking water, there's currently no federal maximum contaminant level or MCL. However, drinking water and groundwater guidelines and standards have been established in a majority of states. Unfortunately, these criteria can vary by over three orders of magnitude, which does complicate remediation and some liability management decisions as well. Are there ways to treat it? For sure. I'll mention up front that conventional treatment processes for drinking water, wastewater, and those chlorinated compounds that the 1,4-Dioxane is co-located with are generally not effective for 1,4-Dioxane treatment because it doesn't volatilize very well and it doesn't sorb very well to organic carbon. That said, there are ways to treat 1,4-Dioxane both in the subsurface and above ground. Uh, Advanced oxidation processes have been the go-to treatment technology for 1,4-Dioxane historically, but this technology requires some harsh chemicals, significant energy input, and can come up with substantial capital and annual operating costs. That's why we've been exploring some other treatment technologies like bioremediation, which can serve as a reliable, safer, more sustainable, and potentially more economical alternative. Bioremediation? That sounds interesting. How does that work? Fundamentally, successful natural and enhanced bioremediation requires that microorganisms have what they need and that the co-residence times of microorganisms, their substrates, nutrients, and the targeted contaminants are all balanced. And propane biosparge systems are one way of engineering these favorable conditions in the subsurface. This technology is based on supplying oxygen, propane, and nutrients to stimulate co-metabolic 1,4-dioxane biodegradation. And Arcadis is currently operating multiple propane biosparge systems, and we have documented their efficacy using multiple lines of evidence and published those results in a few peer-reviewed journals. What's some of the other cool stuff Arcadis is doing with 1,4-dioxane? Well, we have some exciting partnerships to advance the state of knowledge for 1,4-dioxane biodegradation. 
We partnered with the British Geological Survey to develop monooxygenase gene sequencing assay and applied this assay to samples collected at a variety of sites with 1,4-dioxane in groundwater. Monooxygenase genes encode the first step of all known 1,4-dioxane degradation pathways, and therefore the genetic assay we developed provides a starting point to evaluate the abundance and types of microorganisms that may play an important role under different environmental conditions. And we're also partnering with Arizona State University and APT Water to develop and field test an above ground membrane biofilm reactor. And this will also use propane and oxygen to stimulate co-metabolic 1,4-dioxane biodegradation, um, but in this case, uh, working above ground rather than below ground. And this work is expected to provide a stable bioreactor configuration that can consistently and efficiently remove 1,4-dioxane at a reasonable cost. And finally, we've been part of the Interstate Technology and Regulatory Council, the ITRC 1,4-dioxane Working Group, to develop guidance documents and, training, and a training course to help other stakeholders and practitioners get up to speed on this emerging contaminant. It just so happens that both Caitlin and I are helping with those upcoming training sessions, so you can hear more of our voices there. We hope you've enjoyed this interview. You can find Caitlin and Monica's full article in our updated Advances in Remediation ebook. We also encourage you to listen to the other episodes in our Advances in Remediation podcast series available on the Arcadis North America SoundCloud station. 